This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of Twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Welcome to Fear of the Week, Episode 5. Leslie Fear will be by a little bit later, and she's going to tell us about bugs that make their home on our bodies. So disgusting. And what do you hear about the mites that get on your face? And just kind of live there every day. They're there right now. On my face? They're right on your face. Right now. And my face. Now I'm going to be itching all night. Yeah. Well, they're there. So beforehand, another paranormal story. This really isn't as much of a story as it is a conversation. Once again, came from our buddies over at uh, Pararational from Cliff. This is a question that almost every paranormal person asks who's a cryptid fan or a Bigfoot fan. If human remains can be found in the Pacific Northwest many years after death, why can't anyone find Bigfoot remains? Mm -hmm. Everybody always has to always the thing. Well, Bigfoot are around. How come you can't ever find any of the bones? Mm -hmm. Well, this is some good information here. We absolutely Mm -hmm. could find Bigfoot remains in the woods, but the odds of it happening are incredibly small due to several very reasonable factors that we will go over in this article. Maybe they eat their own bones of their You're probably closer than you think. Oh, really? Or is that what the book that says? No. No, I'm just saying there's it's it's closer to that than you would realize. First, for us to find Bigfoot remains, a Bigfoot would have to die and not be hidden by its family. Obviously, we don't know what they do with their dead, but Bigfoot, by all accounts, are communal creatures and very well could have a funeral or grieving ceremony of some sort. This would make finding Bigfoot remains incredibly difficult. If they bury their dead, it would take a small miracle for us to find a body that had been buried and then somehow unearthed. Next, assuming a lone Bigfoot passed away and just dropped on the forest floor, It would have to do it somewhere where humans could find it and be found rather quickly. Carcasses in the forest are reclaimed quite quickly. One researcher observed an elk carcass decomposing in Yellowstone, and over a two-week period, the carcass completely disappeared. While it hadn't completely broken down in that time, it had been scavenged, broken up, and scattered by the end of the two weeks. How? Birds and animals oh. and hyenas and hyenas whatever. In the well, wherever there's hyenas in some forest, African Serengeti. That is such a good show. Is that a, is there a show called yes. African Serengeti? Oh, I highly recommend it to you guys. It's Serengeti and it's on Discovery on on demand. I got one for you to check out. That's coming on Discovery. I don't think it's came out yet. It's called Guardians of the Glades. Hmm. These guys. Are tr- all the po- they're talking about how the pythons don't have any known predators, so they're taking over down there in the Everglades, 
And they're like killing these wild boar. They're killing birds and everything else. And uh, so these group of people, like four or five of them, they're like country as hick as redneck as can be. They're down there grabbing these damn pythons and they're getting bit what by the them and they're pulling them off of uh, animals. And they're, this one's killing a gator and it's they're pulling these snakes off of them. And do they want to die? I think they do. So anyway. Further reducing the odds of finding Bigfoot remains, people, for the most part, stick to established trails and don't wander into the deep woods very much. This makes the odds of a human wandering randomly into the woods and finding Bigfoot body in those two weeks before it decomposes very small. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot bones would, of course, be the last things to decompose. Bones can last quite a while in a while before being broken down or eaten. See? <clears throat> I grew I'm up in such the, a genius. <laughs> I grew up in the woods of North Idaho, and I spent a good amount of time off trail wandering in the forest. Only occasionally would I find a bone or two from where something had died, and only found a small number of skulls. Only one of those was from a predator. Usually, all that could be found was a couple of random bones and some bits of fur. For someone that wasn't trained to identify bones it would take finding something like a skull to really make an impression on someone. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would likely only be a curiosity. Even then, if someone did find a bone from a Bigfoot without any other specimens to compare it to, it would probably be unidentifiable. Right. Additionally, I suspect many researchers would be hesitant to announce that they had a Bigfoot bone in their possession. Lastly, if a body was found and turned in, it is likely that no one would hear anything about it ever again. Most people agree that the government is suppressing the evidence of Bigfoot. Why, though? We, I remember we did a story one time, and I don't remember what the story was, but the the talk was of, like, the missing 411 stuff, all the people that go missing in the National Forest, that it's because of Bigfoot and... Or at least that's one of the theories. And they don't want people to know that going in your in the forest could actually be deadly for you and stuff. So it's easier for them to just cover it up. They're trying to make the population of the world smaller. I think that would take a long time to make it smaller by Bigfoot attack. Well, I mean, it's just a, that's just a <laughs> percentage of ways. I mean, you got the Illuminati. Yes, Illuminati is a subject all of its own. Beyonce's in the Illuminati. I That's hear. what I hear. And Jay-Z. Both of them. That's why they're so rich. They're Illuminati couple. So, anyways, that's our little story for uh, a little paranormal news tonight. And even though it wasn't technical news like the last two we did, I thought it was interesting enough to want to cover. Yeah. Stay out of the forest. That sounds <laughs> like to me. Apparently. All right, so now let's listen to Leslie talk about some bugs that are eating your body Ew. as we listen to this show. I have itched this whole story. Listening to the fear of the week. With author Leslie Fear. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. You can pick up all of her books on Amazon. She's got six to choose from. Go snag all of them tonight. Seriously, we'll wait. Go ahead. <laughs> but, um,. Uh, <laughs> Leslie, thanks for coming on. Sure. Glad to be here. So, Leslie, it's my understanding 
that this edition of the Fear of the Week will make most of the listeners skin crawl. So tell me what you got. Well, it is called Bugs That Call Your Body's Home. Doesn't that sound fun? It does sound fun. Yeah, well, you know. So did you know that the belly button contains hundreds of species of bacteria? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> that sounds yeah, horrible. Button. That does sound bad. Well, you know what? It's not very well washed all the time, and it's a very cozy place for bacteria to settle. That's Everybody's disgusting. like checking their belly buttons out now, aren't they? They're like, ooh. <laughs> I, I personally, I think belly buttons are sexy. So, oh, you just because you have an Audi, he's got an Audi. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't suck in; it pokes out. That's not really an Audi. That's called a hernia. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. Oh, because it's it's an any. It's it's like level the most of the time. Oh, he don't got no hole. Basically. Oh, that's well. That's probably best for him, right? Yeah, keep all them germs out of that little <laughs> heifer there. Yeah, Ninja well, and, licks and, my belly button sometimes. Oh, so you're I'm gross. To, I'm about to let him know that that's gross. It, well, not if he licks yours. Well, and well, that's true. Yeah. I don't. I don't lick his belly button. <laughs> well, I hope not, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a belly button. Oh my button. god, he may have. Well, a belly so button. so you know. Hey, speaking of belly buttons, here's kind of a fun little side note. Did you know that your mouth was originally your belly button when you were just an embryo? (laughs) Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Oh, my gosh. I had no clue. That's why I have this popular segment now. I'm telling you all kinds of crap you really don't need to know. But that is so interesting. You lived your whole life and not found that out. Oh, no wonder your head's bald like that. That has nothing to do with anything. Oh. (laughs) No, I guess I don't. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's good. I love the banter. This is hilarious. Okay, so the human louse or the head lice that we all know as head lice. Now, it has kind of an evolutionary tail that's kind of fascinating and icky at the same time. I'm kind of getting itchy just... Ugh, just thinking about it. But over hundreds of years, lice have migrated across the body during our hairier past, adapting in different environments when we became less hairy. So now lice can't even survive on any other part of our body but our heads. But it also links our evolving hair loss to getting rid of parasites. So Jerry, look at you. Mm, overachiever. You're ahead of the game, baby. That's he, right. He is an overachiever. I will not be mocked. <laughs> Too late, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That ship has sailed. (sighs) But don't freak out. There's more. Hundreds of mice are living on your face. Mites. That is mites. That is disgusting. Tracy was freaking out. There was mice living on her face. (laughs) No. Now they're microscopic and closely related to spiders and ticks. Mm, Mm -hmm. That's a great thought. But despite your reaction to this, because, you know, we're all freaking out a little bit. There's really nothing wrong with you. 99% of us have them. And uh, they're very abundant on our faces, but also live in other follicles all over our body. A single person can harbor millions of them in total. You want to hear a fun fact? What? Of course. During the day, the mites stay hidden. 
They're feeding on all of our natural oil secreted by our glands. And at night, oh, they use their stubby little legs to climb to the surface and they find mates. Don't tell so me they do it. Well, so on basically the mites are coming out to party and have S-E-X <gasps> on our face. The mites come out at night. That is the, <laughs> we're gonna have to have a new song. Yeah, <laughs> <So it> been, <laughs> during the day they the, they go the females go back and lay their eggs during the day. Isn't that nice? Mm. Oh, that is so gross. You know, we were talking. Uh, we've I've seen several times like dust mites that they say that your mattress is like so many pounds of your mattress is actually from dust mites and skin follicles that have well. Made its way it's through. funny. That's another fun fact. I was going to pop in here. You kind of got ahead of me. Thank you, Jerry. The average bed has between 100,000 and 10 million dust mites. But don't worry. They just want our dead skin. That's all. They don't want to eat us. They oh, got my plenty gosh. just off of my feet alone. Yeah, keep oh, them down on your end of the bed. Gross. <laughs> my feet have a lot of dead skin. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you during the middle of the night with one of those scrapers and scrape your skin oh, off. That's why they gosh. won't bother me. You might want to use a cheese grater. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, you're so grossing me out. Oh my god. That gosh, is gross. Jerry. Okay, we need a new mattress. Oh. You can sprinkle that stuff over your salad or your spaghetti. Oh it's twice fold. <laughs> oh I'm gonna barf. <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> All up in there. Well, in conclusion, with over fifty seven million known species of mites that have lived on humans for a very, very, very long time. We're so well adapted to them and they are so well adapted to us. Our immune system doesn't even recognize them. So we're all good. And, you know, they do serve a purpose, I guess. We all have to have good times and so do they, I guess. Wow. That is is very interesting. Yeah. And that's my story on bugs that call our bodies home that's disgusting we should do one uh we should do one on like tapeworms and stuff so oh no t- and other parasites inside our body my stomach on tapeworms and that kind of stuff well i can we can we can do those i can i can go deeper i can go go, go ahead and look it up it. now we'll wait i tell you what poor, poor tracy i don't think she can make it i don't think not, my stomach is already hurting just thinking about it <laughs> That's gross. I just think if you've got that many mites and, and they eat eat dead skin and stuff like that anyway, we should all have like super perfect complexions. True story. You would think so. I'm still trying to scratch the image of your feet out of my head. So oh God, yeah. I'm having a hard time concentrating on anything you say now. So I may yeah. have to see myself out. <laughs> I literally would have to have leeches and stuff on it to take care of that. Jerry, problem. God, oh I'm sleeping God. downstairs. That would be a good story in the future, too. Talk about how they used to use the leeches for medical purposes. Oh, oh yes. You know, well, I was actually, I do actually have something working on that. So, yes. Oh, interesting. Because mm. they still use it today in some cases. They actually do. So, and it's interesting. Very interesting. But we won't be using them on your feet, honey. Okay, good. Yay. Yeah. Slugs, maybe? We could do no. slugs. Minnows. Yeah. Well, yeah. that or those those little fishies that eat the dead yeah. skin when you get a man or when you get a pedicure. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to say. If I did say. that, though, they'd, they'd have to have, like, carp in there. They've carp. Oh, <laughs> 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 More like jaws. <laughs> they Salmon. <laughs> What'd piranha. you say? Salmon. Yeah. Yeah, piranha. <laughs> 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 All right, I got to go. You guys are killing me. I got crap to do. I'll see myself out. So if you want to know what's eating your face, you might 
want to listen to this episode. So is that what was eating Gilbert Grape? I think it was. It was mites. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it might have been. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen... (laughs) I've seen stuff... That lists how many different dust mites and stuff like that are in your pillows and in your oh, mattresses and stuff like that. I mean, no matter how clean and stuff you're, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of dust mites in your furniture and your, you know, you just can't see them. Your carpet. Have you seen them videos where they'll have spiders crawling up in your ear and people will hear like oh, yeah, yeah. tickling around and then they'll put like a camera down and there's like a whole entire spider living in there. I've seen them pull a, uh, uh, what was it, a bumblebee, I think it was, out of a dog's nose. Oh, but that hurt. The dog. Yeah. And I think the guy that when it was done, the guy's like, and I just told him to stop sniffing them bumblebees. <laughs> Damn okay. it, Ralph. <laughs> Get away from them bees. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye.